Welcome to the Tarot Readers Academy TV and podcast, the place to be to get the tools, tips, techniques, and building blocks to level up your tarot reading practice, heart-centered business, and spiritual journey. I'm Anthony Dawn. I'm a full-time card slinger, business coach, author, and the headmistress of the tarotreadersacademy.com. And to top it all off, I'm also your host for this TV series and podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Tarot Readers Academy TV and podcast. And today I am joined by a very special guest and past Tarot Readers Academy Tarot Summer School teacher, Kate, aka the Daily Tarot Girl. And she is a fellow, you're a fellow Canadian, aren't you? I am a fellow Canadian, yes. Yeah. yeah. I think we live really close to each other, actually. Oh, do we? <laughs> it's probably a sin that we haven't actually like caught up. I know. <laughs> so Kate has an amazing YouTube channel. If you haven't checked out the huge catalogue of work she has on there, I highly recommend that you do so. I will pop the links to all of this in the blog post and in the description below. Kate teaches intuitive tarot reading on her popular website, dailytarotgirl.com. And there's a little score in between each of those. So it's dailyscoretarotscoregirl.com and is passionate about inspiring you to use tarot for personal growth and connecting with the divine. Now, this next bit I've got to admit I love. So when you're not teaching tarot, you love painting, listening to true crime podcasts, reading smutty paranormal romance novels, me too, <laughs> in your hammock and fostering the feral kitties. So what are some of your uh, favorite smutty paranormal romance series? Oh, huh, good question. You know what? Um, I read it on my Kindle. And so when you're reading on your Kindle, you don't see the title. And so I'll download something and I'll read it and I'll completely forget what I'm reading. So I can't tell you <laughs> what series I've been reading. I haven't read a smutty pair. Of, well, actually, no, that's not true. I was on a long plane ride about a month or so ago. And I had this really smutty read that I was reading on the plane. And I cannot remember what it was called. I think it had something to do with werewolves or something weird. And I was reading this on my Kindle and I swear to God, the woman who is sitting behind me was like reading it through like the crack in the seat. Like I, <laughs> and when the flight was over and we were like getting up, I kind of like looked at her and we made eye contact for a second and I just knew that she'd been reading it. <laughs> Did you enjoy? Did you like what you saw? <laughs> so um, we got slightly off topic there, but I felt like we needed to bond over that. Um, so today we're going to be talking about how to read tarot like a natural intuitive. So I'm going to hand that and that over to you and get you to tease out that as a subject matter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So I feel like this idea of reading tarot intuitively, I think a lot of people aren't really sure how that's done or how to read tarot intuitively. It, and I think oftentimes 
the kinds of people that are drawn to tarot and drawn to learn about tarot are naturally intuitive people, but it's not always obvious how to incorporate your intuition and incorporate those intuitive gifts into your tarot reading. And so the biggest tip I have, I guess, is um, that there's sort of two different ways to read a tarot card. So you can read a tarot card from a analytical mind point of view. So that's where you would look at a card and you would pay attention to, you know, the symbols on the card, the numbers, uh, what that card is, what suit it's from. You kind of analyze the card and, and really draw on your knowledge base about you know, all the things you know about that card and what the meaning is. But then there's this other way of reading a card where instead of analyzing the card, you feel into the card and it's like you use your feeling centers, like your emotions and your five senses to really get a sense of that card and feel into that card. And the process is different. I feel like when I read a tarot card with my mind only, I am trying to figure that card out. But when I read with my intuition, it's like I'm doing the opposite. I'm just relaxing and I'm sitting back and I'm letting that card speak to me. Does that make sense? Totally. So something I love about that exchange that you've mentioned is one system is like you speaking almost to the card or you looking at the card in that direction. And the other one is the card actually communicating to you. So yes. yeah, mm -hmm. that's a lovely exchange. Yeah. It's like a two way kind of, kind of thing. And, um, uh, there was something else I was going to say about that. <laughs> I had it in my head. I'm like, there's one more thing I want to, want to mention about that. Um, yeah. So, so reading intuitively, um, I think it's something that we can all do. And ideally when you're doing a reading, I think you want to kind of combine reading intuitively with the knowledge that you have about tarot. Like I don't really, I'm not a big fan of just completely reading intuitively and totally forgetting about the tarot meanings because then, you know, why read tarot? You could read anything really, like why use tarot? So I like to combine the two. So I think it's important to have that knowledge about, you know, what the cards mean, et cetera, et cetera, what the symbols represent, but then combining that with, with your intuition. And really, I think the, the secret to, to intuition being able to read intuitively is being relaxed and letting go of expectations. Cause I think often we'll, we'll sit down and do a tarot reading and we have this expectation that we are doing the reading to get answers or, you know, there's a specific goal that we have in mind when we sit down and do that reading and that's fine. But you also want to be kind of open to this idea that you're not just getting answers, you're exploring this issue with your tarot cards. And, and just being kind of open to that and, and seeing the reading more as like, okay, I'm just going to take out my cards and I'm going to explore this issue and I'm going to see what cards come up and I'm going to see, you know, what these cards have to tell me. I think when you approach a reading like that, it's easier to be more intuitive and to incorporate your intuition as opposed to be, having this kind of rigid idea of, you know, needing a specific answer from your cards. That's so, that's such a good point to remember too. I know with a lot of client readings that I have, especially, and those are particularly like question oriented, right? Like I have yes. a question I need answered. Um, I will always answer the question, but 
I want to remind my clients and I take the rest of well, most of the reading talking about the journey to the answer, not always about the answer and being okay with it being, you know, this is a process, this is a journey and this is your life. It's not, you don't have to run to the finish line. Um, and every card in that progression or in that reading that gives you a little bit more to go on has just enough to offer you as particularly the answer mm -hmm. uh, reading or card does. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what do you say to people who, um, and also I just wanted to agree that uh, I agree that we need to read in a, in a way that is both. I read very holistically with all the things I know about the cards, numerology, astrology, everything else, mm. um, as well as my knowledge of the card itself within the system and then my intuition and clears on top of it. So I totally agree. The tarot has a system. Um, what would you say to people who feel that they, they, they sit down and they're like, I'm really excited. I want to do this intuitive reading. And then they feel like there's tumbleweeds or crickets or there's just like, they doubt their intuitive abilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think there's kind of two main things that stop people from using their intuition. Um, number one is they may not really know exactly how to go about doing that, which I kind of already talked about. Um, but the other thing is fear is that we're, we're afraid oftentimes like, um, we're afraid of looking stupid. So if we do get, you know, an intuitive hit and we do get intuitive information, we're afraid that we're going to be wrong. Um, and I don't think that really applies if you're reading for yourself, but if you're reading for another person, it can feel really risky to go out on a limb and say something that, um, might kind of sound like it's coming out of left field. So I think fear is one thing. We're afraid of looking stupid, but also I think um, sometimes we're afraid of truly opening up to our intuition because we feel like it's like opening a can of worms. We're not really sure what it's going to lead to, right? And I remember when I first started kind of learning about intuition and psychic skills and stuff like that, I remember being a little bit hesitant at first because I thought, well, what if I open up these channels of perception and I suddenly know things or see things or sense things that I don't want to know about. You know, there is really something to that idea that ignorance is bliss, right? And so this idea that, you know, opening up your intuition and different psychic sensory channels, it, it could be overwhelming. And um, what I have found though, is that that isn't the case. It's not for me, anyhow, me personally, opening up my intuition only uh, added good things to my life. It wasn't like this terrifying experience, but I know there's a lot of people that think that, you know, dabbling with intuition and tarot and stuff like that, it's going to open this can of worms and, you know, you're going to regret doing it or whatever. So I think that that that's something that often kind of stands in the way. So to answer your question, you know, what happens when you try to read tarot intuitively and, you know, it's just crickets, nothing, nothing happens. I think, it's important to take a look and see if you have any fears. Is there anything holding you back from reading intuitively? Is there anything, um, yeah, is there, is there any fears? Do you have any like hesitations? Is there any uh, like old programming and ideas that you've had since childhood? Because a lot of people are brought up, um, you know, with organized religion or in a family that just kind of shunned, uh, you know, metaphysical or, or uh, new agey type stuff, right? So I think it's important to kind of address that as well. Totally. Absolutely. 
Um, and the fear, one thing that I tell people who come for a reading or who are learning to tap into their clairs or their intuition or whichever sort of language we like to, to use on that as well, is that I believe that we aren't given things that we aren't supposed to see or that we are unable to deal with. And often if we see something that is like not so crash hot, it's like the universe is giving you the option and the knowledge to be able to maybe avoid that or soften the blow or prepare. Um, obviously dodging it all together if it's something that you don't, <laughs> you don't want is the ideal. But there are reasons why a lot of us like to live not only with um, the tarot, but in our lives in a way where we feel very connected to our instincts and our intuition because it does stop us from you know, maybe making unconscious choices or mistakes that are going to lead us down more of the, now we have to problem solve out of this versus, well, we, we could have avoided it in the first place. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. So you mentioned um, about intuitive reading, like a natural intuitive. So what are some of the ways that you would say to people who have got a new deck and they want to connect with it? So what are some of your tools and techniques for that? Mm -hmm. Okay. So one of the things I love to do when I get a new deck is I love to interview my deck. So I'll ask it questions like, you know, what card sums up your personality or, you know, do you have any areas of expertise or, you know, what do you, what do you look for in a tarot reader? Things like that. You know, you kind of think about your deck as if it was a person and you're out to dinner on a date with it or something. And you're, you're asking, <laughs> you're asking it all these questions. And that's just a really fun way to get to know your deck and to kind of connect with it. But I also think it's so important to do things with your tarot deck that isn't necessarily a reading, because I think that we sometimes focus so much on doing readings and there's so many other things you can do with your deck. So for example, uh, an exercise I like to do is I like to go through my deck and I'll pick out the cards that I like the most, like my favorite cards. <laughs> and I think that that says a lot about you, you know, what your favorite cards are. So I'll spend some time just kind of journaling about that, analyzing that. Um, and then you can do the opposite. So you can look at the cards that you really dislike, the ones that you really struggle with. And you can sit with those and, and, um, contemplate those cards. And I find that just doing exercises like that, that has me kind of looking through my deck and interacting with the cards, those really go a long way to helping me establish a strong connection to my deck, um, as opposed to only doing readings with my cards. So I feel like sometimes if I'm only using my deck for readings, it feels like, you know, I have this friend who I only call when there's a problem. And <laughs> The rest of the time, I just ignore her, <laughs> you know? So I feel like doing those kinds of activities helps me establish that connection with my cards. And I think the stronger your connection is with your deck, the better your readings are going to be. You know, you're going to have more high quality readings. That's so great. And I was smiling when you talked about the like and dislike, um, because that's actually one of the, one of the first exercises I get my students who take my tarot course um, to do is like and dislike. And then we, I have a bunch of questions on both of those columns as to why they're put there. Um, so yeah, I was like, I was in total agreeance. That is a, 
a really beautiful way. Um, and something else that's really cool with that is like take a deck like the Shadowscapes Tarot, which is just a sublimely beautiful deck. And I wish that Llewellyn would do a print with bigger cards. Yes. See so much more of this incredible art by Stephanie. Um, there is so much detail in those cards and so many beautiful symbols and nuances and body movement and energy flow with all the patterns. When you take the time to look at, at the deck, you find so much in there. And I can name a number of them that, that's exactly the same, like uh, the bone fire tarot or the mm -hmm. symbols that Gabby has put in there. There's so much to explore. And you're right. If we're just, going to the tarot every time we have a problem it is becoming the tool that we use which is ideally what we want to use it for one of the things but we can flesh out the relationship into being this more appreciative take and give kind of oh look at look at the appreciation i'm giving you <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. Awesome. So what do you feel are some of the roadblocks or walls or mistakes that people can make when they start to go yep I want to learn the tarot um, and then they immediately kind of hit one of those roadblocks. Yeah, I feel the biggest roadblock is people feel like they have to memorize all the tarot meanings right off the bat. They feel like that is the first step and it really isn't. And I mean, it's, it's a big part of learning tarot, you know, understanding what each card is associated with and, and all that. It's a big part of it, but I think a lot of people feel like they have to memorize all the card meanings before they can do a reading. And that's so overwhelming because there's so many cards, <laughs> you know, there's, there's 78 cards. So it, it can be really, really overwhelming. And I think that's the biggest mistake. And so I always tell people like, yes, it's important, but have fun with your deck, you know, um, spend time just looking through the cards, getting to know your deck, doing journaling exercises. You don't have to, to focus 100% on memorization. That, that's not the way to learn tarot. Um, I think the other big roadblock is that people will try to read tarot with their intellect alone. And tarot really invites us to incorporate our intuition and there's something about the cards i mean if you think about tarot for a minute it's all these different pictures really and those pictures depending on what deck you're using can be so rich and so alive with symbols and color and characters and details and all kinds of stuff and it really speaks to that part of our brain the um i'm gonna say the right brain right that's the creative side <laughs> Yeah, it really, it speaks to that creative side of the brain that it, you know, likes art and is more feeling centered, etc, etc. Um, and so tarot really, I think, coaxes out that part, that part of us, but we are so conditioned to be in our left brain and to be looking at things with the mind. And I feel like our minds are like, um, Okay, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. So when I was in high school, <laughs> when I was in high school, I worked in a gym and there was all these guys that would come to the gym and they would only work their upper bodies. And so they would, they would have like these skinny little legs. They would never do cardio. All they would do is like push-ups of the, all, just all upper body, right? And so they would look hilarious. They'd have these skinny legs and these massive upper bodies. And so I feel like that's how we are with our minds. Our minds are so 
over over strengthened or whatever, right? And our the right side of our brain, our creative and our intuitive side, for most of us, is pretty much atrophied. And so that's why when we try to read tarot intuitively, it can sometimes be a struggle in the beginning because we're it's a muscle that we're not used to working as much. And our culture, and I could go on and on, Anthony, about this, but <laughs> our culture really conditions us to ignore our intuition and um, kind of not respect that part of ourself that is creative and, and wonderful and put so much attention and emphasis on the mind and the brain. And there's nothing wrong with the brain, but I just don't think it's better than you know our intuition. I think that we should be using both of those things simultaneously. Um, so I can't remember what your original question was or if I answered it or not. <laughs> It was just about uh, mistakes to avoid. Oh, I think you totally got that. It was talking about <laughs> more the just going on the left side of the brain and forgetting yeah. to incorporate the other half. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So basically, the Daily Tarot Girl is telling you not to skip Tarot Leg Day. That's important. <laughs> That's, That's totally important. what I'm saying. <laughs> Your calves. Come on, work those legs. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and you, so you, you still see those people, but I know that um, a little while ago on social media, uh, hashtags like, you know, don't skip leg day and skip leg day was really big. So I think it became... More, okay. Yeah. But I totally know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I think those guys were like a specific generation. They were all kind of, I mean, this was like 20 years ago when I was in high school and all those guys were like in their forties. So they would be like in their sixties now. I'm sure, I'm sure there's not I'm sure younger guys aren't as bad as those guys. I don't know. <laughs> Hope not. It's important to work the whole body, right? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so when it comes to tarot um, and working with this as an a intuitive practice, how do you weave this into your readings in a way that is natural and easy? And then it's not something that you feel, oh, there's a, this is now another layer or another thing I have to remember to do in a reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so <clears throat> it's really just all about relaxing. And this is hard to do when you're reading for someone else, especially if you're new to tarot or if you haven't been reading that long. Um, because I find when I'm reading for someone else, there's kind of a lot of pressure and you, that person is sitting there and they're excited or whatever and they have questions. Um, so sometimes it's tricky to relax. So I would suggest start with practicing intuition when you're reading on yourself. Um, because then you can, I think, really truly kind of kick back and relax. And it's really about just taking more of a relaxed approach. So when you do a reading for yourself, um, you know, be as relaxed as you can be and be open to this idea of the cards speaking to you and kind of letting go of your preconceived ideas about the tarot cards because I think that once you learn the tarot meanings there's a tendency to just kind of fixate on those when you turn a card over so you think oh, okay I got you know the hermit this is about spending time alone or whatever but you know being open to letting go of some of those traditional meanings and seeing what else that card has to tell you and I think that doing that is actually easier than we think and it's not about adding another layer to how you already read tarot. It's about 
I would say like taking layers off, <laughs> you know, like doing less, like this idea that less is more, just allow yourself to relax and yeah, does that make sense? Totally. It absolutely okay. makes sense. And in your practice and in working with the tarot, as long as you have, what do you feel are some of the main benefits of working in intuitive practice into your readings for yourself and for your clients? Mm -hmm. I find that when I work intuition into the mix, I'm able to find really surprising and creative solutions to my problems. And trying to think if there's any other, other benefits. I think, I guess the main benefit is that you're able to connect with yourself more. And I was just reading last night, um, this book on anxiety. Cause I, I, from time to time, I am an anxious, very anxious person. And I was reading this book on anxiety and the author was saying that inside of all of us is this inner calm and it's like in the center of us. And as you get to the periphery of our being, that's where all the kind of busyness and the anxiety and the static is. And so allowing yourself to this process of going within to that calm center can be very helpful for someone who's anxious. And I feel like when I read tarot intuitively, it helps me connect more to that center helps me connect more deeply to myself. When I'm reading tarot in a non-intuitive way, so if I'm just reading it from a mental analytical kind of perspective, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of tarot and, and what tarot can do. But when I start to allow my intuition to have a seat at the table, that's when I'm really able to go within and connect to that inner calm and that I guess you could also describe that as like your higher self and the part of yourself that is, you know, eternally, the part of yourself that's eternal and, and confident and fearless. And having those kinds of experiences with tarot are important, I think. And, and it's what renews my sense of enthusiasm for tarot. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And do you feel as though there are specific tarot decks or systems of tarot that lean themselves or are better for you in your own practice uh, for working with tarot intuitively? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, in terms of specific decks, I find that that just depends on my mood. So I know like there was, I went through a phase where I was really drawn to decks that were really busy and had a lot of detail, like the Shadowscapes, the Polina Tarot, um, those kinds of decks. And I found that those decks really helped me explore my intuition. But now as I've kind of, I guess, gotten older, I don't know, <laughs> I, now I'm more drawn to decks that are simple and have less details on them. Uh, so I, I don't, I mean, I think it just depends on the person. So I, I wouldn't say that there's any specific tarot deck that I would like recommend for intuitive reading. I think that that's just so, um, really just depends on the person and their personality. Yeah. And it changes too, right? I know from, like you were saying with the, how now you maybe like a little less busy tarot, mm -hmm. I find as well with 
the, even the questions that my clients are asking will dictate what deck I'm using. Or if I know the client well, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm kind of getting, I'm even using my intuition right away when they send mm -hmm. me the information and I'm sitting down with a client. I'm like, okay, what decks are popping into my mind that want to be the ones to sit with this energy and answer this question and for this client. And, yes. um, Thankfully, I've never been, I've never had a client come back and say, well, that was the ugliest deck. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't resonate with it. Um, and I also think it's just a great excuse for us to have <laughs> plenty of decks. <laughs> I know. Like, do you ever, do you ever have a hard time though? Like choosing a deck for reading when you have a lot of decks? Cause I find like I have so many decks now and it will take me forever just to choose a deck for reading. That's I used to, but now what I do is I have a little um, shelf right next to my reading space and I, I really want to do a, a tour of it. I put a small video up a little while ago, but an actual tour of the reading decks I have out now. And there's probably, I don't know, up to about 30 of them in this little shelf. And then I rotate them out either seasonally or every few months or when I feel as though the decks need a bit of recharge and breathing space. So I just put in... Um, the Spirit Keepers Tarot, um, because it just arrived yesterday. I just got that one too. <laughs> um, and uh, the Sawyer's Path Tarot, I received a couple of months ago, has been in there since I received that. Um, mm -hmm. And the Numinous Tarot. So there are decks when they arrive that feel very special, they go straight into <laughs> straight mm -hmm. into there. But um, yeah, I, I seasonally change out my decks quite a lot. And then when I'm kind of like, okay, I've seen this deck, like, cause we, many of us read cards like every day and I'm like, okay, I've seen this deck for like 165 days now. It's time to like, time to yeah. look at something new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And plus it, it helps uh, keep, I think that energy moving as well of like not getting stuck on, oh, I have to use a specific deck. And even mm. though I have my own decks, I don't use them all the time for my client readings um mm -hmm. which might sound a little odd but um, <clears throat> it's not the right deck for the reading and for the client then right. it's not yeah yeah exactly yeah i like what you said about rotating your decks because i find when i use a deck for too long i start to um gravitate towards saying the same kinds of things when i get certain cards and so when i switch the decks up i feel like that's like a workout for my intuition it's like, it's like cross training, right? <laughs> yes. That is a really good point. Could you talk a little bit more about that? How, when we can get a little bit stuck on the hamster wheel of maybe saying the same things or thinking that we know what's going to come up and then how we can stretch that intuition with a new deck. Yes. Yeah. So I think, and I mean, I don't want to necessarily uh, tell people they have to have a million decks, but I find that, um, each tarot deck I have depicts the cards a little bit differently. And so when I read with different decks, it helps me see that card in a different light. And it helps me notice things about that card that I maybe wouldn't have noticed with another deck. And so I find that that not only does that help me have a much broader understanding of the cards, but it does really challenge your intuition so that you don't really get stuck in a rut of always saying, you know, the exact same things every single time. And um, i trying to think if there's anything else I can say about that. Yeah, I just, I, I encourage people to have more than one deck for that reason. 
And I mean, if you don't want more than one deck, that's fine. You don't need like 10 decks or anything like that. But I think it's interesting to look at different decks to see how that artist has depicted those cards differently. And it really, it stretches you and it, it helps you grow as a reader, I think. 100% agree. And that's one of the things that I love about this system. And I love that one of the reasons why I collect decks as a collector, as well as a reader is I love being able to see how an author or an artist has interpreted the archetype. And I especially love, because I love the tarot court um, a lot, seeing how the changes of those those people, the people and the personalities of the tarot, especially because it's it can change drastically. Like, you know, in, in a lot of decks, the Queen of Swords, which I very highly identify with being a Gemini and being a communicator. Uh, so I identify with her. She looks like a right bitch. And I'm like, whoa, this is really severe. And then when I come across a deck where she's maybe not so harsh or angular looking or angry looking i'm like oh there's the other side of the queen of swords that's nice to to run into <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah i know what you mean about the queen of swords i feel like that's one court card that sometimes is portrayed as being really cold and like no fun and and there's some decks that actually do portray her in a more like uh approachable light which is nice I because I, I relate to that card as well because she's very uh she can be very analytical and yeah I can totally relate to the queen of swords as well <laughs> especially in the low scarabiri tarot and the only reason I, I can remember that one is because I spoke about it like in one of my very early uh YouTube videos she's literally like the king and queen are literally holding like severed heads and I'm oh. like oh damn like you know this these these court cards are not messing around no <laughs> kidding and both of them you know and i see um kind of getting a little bit off topic here but i see the uh king as this very altruistic like looking at the grand scheme especially in the king of swords being the sign of aquarius like the good of humanity and the sciences and innovation and philosophy and i'm like and he's holding this severed head i'm like you just take down the patriarchy or something? Like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be some pretty intense. But again, there's, then there's another way of looking at it. When that comes up in a reading, it's like, well, who's severed head are we holding here? You know, is it like right. severing the head of our ego? Are we severing the head of an enemy through harsh words? Like, there's so many. And that's where we're getting right back to that heart of that intuitive tarot of, like, making the connections and forming these relationships with the cards and the decks in mm -hmm. to help us and to help us kind of make the connections uh, for our clients as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so are there, are there any sort of final thoughts on working specifically intuitively with the cards you would like to leave with us um, before I ask you some more sort of general fun questions? <laughs> Um, no, I think I pretty much covered it. I think <clears throat> the one thing I, I guess I want to um, get out there is that reading intuitively should feel kind of fun. And I think if you approach the cards with a spirit of fun and lightness and exploration, that's going to help your intuition come out of hiding. I think when we're really serious with our cards, that can be a big uh, a big block to overcome and that our intuition doesn't always want to come out when we're when we're really serious 
and if we're really tense when we're doing a reading. So I think that is important if you want to invite your intuition to come out to play. What a beautiful thing to remember too, that joy should be part of the recipe when it comes to working with the, the tarot, even if you're sitting in a space and as you know, and I'm sure you've even had one this, this week where you, we sit with some heavy stuff for our clients mm. sometimes, but it's like, now let's look at this from a space where I'm holding in an open environment, not like, oh my God, this, what do I do? And it's kind of, <coughs> walls are closing in on me. It's more like, how can we expand? How can we alleviate stress mm -hmm. and give clarity and options and all those beautiful expansive spaces? Um, mm. And the more joy, the better. I absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah. Because our like our inner child, our inner artist, our inner although they love joy, right? It's that resonance of like opening the heart and then when the heart's open it can connect to the throat chakra and that's when that beautiful like exchange happens too. So absolutely, yeah. So um just some some nice quick fun questions. What deck are you using the most at the moment for your personal oh. practice and for your professional practice? You don't have to it's show the, I didn't give you Okay, <laughs> it's in the other room. Um, the one that I'm using right now is the Everyday Witch Tarot. Oh, I love that tag. <laughs> it's so it's, whimsical. Mm -hmm. It is. It's very, it's fun. It's accurate. It's, I understand it. I just love it. So I've been using that one a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, just that one. That's the one I've been working with the most, actually. Yeah. And what, yeah, what about you? What are you oh, using? Um, I've been using the Soy's Path of Tarot a lot. I think that Jamie's done a beautiful, beautiful job. Um, and I just got a new Oracle deck called the Oracle of the Essences and an unboxing is going to go up soon. Um, and it's, I found it on Instagram where I find a lot of my decks and mm -hmm. uh, it's by an Australian creator and it's really a beautiful deck. And I feel like it's going to help me very much with my Orosoma work because it's all about aromatherapy and essences mm -hmm. um and then the spirit keepers tarot is going to be like i think in heavy rotation <laughs> yeah i know i just got that deck too and i haven't opened it yet i got it two days ago and i'm going to be going on vacation and i'm going to save it and take it on vacation with me and then just like have so much fun with it while i'm on vacation <laughs> that's a really good idea i literally couldn't help myself i was like Wee! drop everything yeah i know <laughs> Um, and what is on your, what's on your wish list? What is like, what are you waiting to get or what's on your wish list in regards to decks? Um, hmm, I don't have any decks on my wish list. So something happened to me like a couple years ago where I suddenly just didn't want any more new decks. And I know that's going to sound weird to you and you're going to be like, what is wrong with you? But all of a sudden I just felt like suffocated by all the decks that I have and I, and, and it's like when you are at a buffet and you just gorge yourself on food and then you're like, Oh God, like no more. Like I, <laughs> something like that happened. And so I haven't, like, I used to always go online and look at new decks and like, Oh, I need this deck. I need that deck. And I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I'm just like, okay, I have enough decks. Like I don't need to look for more decks. <laughs> um, so I don't have any decks on my wish list. <laughs> that's amazing and I totally get it I posted the other day on Facebook that I'm looking at um culling some I saw that. so I totally get it um but uh, I also can't help but <laughs> add new ones to the to the thing but to the fold but uh I I do fully understand when you're like yep I think I've got enough 
Yeah. <laughs> and then it goes like everything in life, right? It's cyclical. Sometimes we're in an expansive space and sometimes we're in a retractive mm-hmm. space. And just honoring that and not feeling as though we have to be conforming to either side is really mm-hmm. important in anything that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could relate to that post that you made because I have a ton of decks that I feel like I just need to to gift away and, you know, do something with. And I think that probably once I get rid of all those decks, I'm going to want to start <laughs> buying more again. Look at that empty space on my bookshelf. My bookshelf. I need to fill it like now. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you going to be coming to any of the conferences next year? I don't think so. Are you talking about the Portland one? Yeah, Portland. Yeah. Um, no, my, I, I wanted to, uh, but I missed the deadline oh. to sign up. And so I guess I could always just go as like a, a guest, right. Or just go and, and take part. I don't think I'm going to, what are the other conferences that are well, the radio studios all booked out? Um, they booked out within three weeks. And the only other one I know about is in London. And I'm, I'm one of these days I will get over there to, to get to that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, our days are so busy and we get, you know, everything gets pretty busy with travel. So I can totally mm-hmm. understand. I just, I just went to one in Montreal called the inaugural love and light conference. And, um, so I just did that one. I just got back from that. Uh, and I think I'm going to do it again next year. I'm not hundred percent sure. Depends if I can get the money together for <laughs> my travel expenses. But, um, yeah, I, w- I would love to go to the Portland one though, probably the following year. I keep saying that I'm like, next year I'm going to go to the Portland. <laughs> <laughs> I will eventually. <laughs> so for everyone who is listening to the podcast or is watching on YouTube, we, uh, the, the lady, the, Let's do that again. Uh, the lovely Kate has a free resource to help you work with your um, intuitive reading. So could you tell us a little bit about that? So it's a 30-minute video and there is also a worksheet. And it's called The Four Secrets to Amazing Tarot Reading. And it's basically very similar to kind of what we talked about today. Um, but I've got some kind of like exercises, some tips, there's a fun worksheet. So if you liked what we've discussed <laughs> in this interview, you might like this, this free class. That's amazing. Thank you so much for putting that together for everybody. And yeah. as always, there will be links on the blog post as to where you can get this free resource. And also, um, if you're, if you're listening to this on the podcast, um, there'll be links in the description, YouTube, it's also in the description. And so Kate, you also have a exciting course coming up. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I do. It's a four week course. It's an online course and it's called the daily tarot girls guide to intuitive tarot reading, which is a super long name for a course. (laughs) And it's four weeks long. And uh, it's each week you get four to five new video lessons with accompanying worksheets. There's a Facebook group, a private Facebook group for um, members of the class. And so that's where you can ask me questions, interact with fellow students, practice some of your skills. There's going to be weekly challenges with prizes. And there's a QA. and um, I do a Facebook Live each week where you can ask me questions and we can chat about tarot. And the course is fully downloadable and you have lifetime access. 
and um, trying to think if there's anything else I want to say. Oh, the course is for beginners and intermediate tarot students who want to learn how to read tarot with more skill, more intuition, and more confidence. Beautiful. And yeah. again, we'll, we'll put a link to that course for you to find that easily. Mm-hmm. And if we wanted to work with you in a more one-on-one way, do you, are you still offering your one-on-one services? Mm-hmm. And, oh, and I just remembered, I should have mentioned with my course, classes start October 31st. So the last day that you can sign up is October 30th. Bow Wayne <laughs> is your deadline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, So your question, do I still work one-on-one? Yes, I do. I offer um, tarot mentoring sessions. So it's basically like a private tarot lesson. That's a one-on-one thing. Um, So yeah, I offer that on my website. Beautiful. Well, I want to say thank you so, so very much for taking the time to hang with me and to share all of your knowledge with everyone who's watching and listening. Oh, you're, you're so welcome, Anthony. And thank you so much for, for taking the time to interview me. And it's been wonderful chatting with you. Well, thank you from the bottom of my heart to everyone who's watching as well. And I will catch you next time. Head to www.tarotreadersacademy.com to check out the training and offer with our faculty of tarot experts. That's www tarotreadersacademy.com You can also find out how to work with Ethany by heading to www.ethany.com Thank you for joining us.